Hey everybody, I'm Adrian. I'm Josh. And if you're listening to this, you are listening to episode one of the Dirty, Dirty Rotten Church, Church Kids Podcast. Perfect harmony every single time. Every time. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. It is a Thursday night. It is uh, like nine o'clock at night. It's 8.52. Adrian has a fancy watch. <laughs> we had a whole conversation about fancy watches and my watch is a casio i bought at target and it still ticks that's a different episode it's digital so it doesn't tick <laughs> mine sweeps whatever i'm not mine sweeper okay windows 95 great cool so i want to thank you guys again for joining us here this is episode one uh but josh do you want to tell them what they may have missed if they're just now tuning in yeah so we had episode zero which was just basically adrian and i introducing ourselves and and doing a dry run of how all this technology stuff works so dry yeah, it was, it was good. I think it went okay. We made some mentions of things we probably shouldn't have, but it's, it's been out there. Yeah. And so here we are. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in. And today we have a really, really special treat for you. And I'm not just saying this because I'm in this person's house and they can harm me, but I'm saying it because I genuinely mean it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so give him your headphones because he needs to hear his own intro oh, yeah, okay. that we wrote for him. There you go. So we're not going to say his name yet. This is just the intro that we wrote. This is the pastor of Pump, Danny Prada. Wow. Yeah, dude, we went all for you. Dude, I need this ASAP. So, Danny Prada, the pastor of Pump. That's my theme song. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, I wrote it in my <laughs> closet. <laughs> if you ever recur, which we hope you continue to come back, that's going to be your... It's kind oh, of like a, like a wrestler. You know how like a wrestler has like their, their song as they walk in? That's going to be your I thing. loved it. So, Danny. I want to hear it. Danny you Prada's just did. here. Danny you just heard Prada. it. Again, though. I'll send it to you. All right, perfect. <laughs> but yeah, Danny Prada, um, he is a pastor at a local church here in South Florida, Hartway. Um, I know him from previous churches. Yep. He was just starting to sing when I was leading worship somewhere else, all that jazz. But I saw him when he was a little kid, and then I heard about him, and he was huge, like swole, because <laughs> uh, he prioritizes his health, and I do not. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, glad to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Thank you for man. being brave enough to let us record your voice Heck around yeah. us. For being the first, the first interview and the first official episode. That's a, you're a brave man. I'm honored. Honored. So how do you know Danny? So I... I Really, Danny to me is more of an entity than an actual person. This because is amazing. I, because I, Danny's the kind of person who you know of but don't actually know. And I feel like I'm just now this year, pretty much I think this yeah. year, uh, actually getting to know you, Danny. And I think, and just to kind of say to the folks that uh, kind of the backstory of how I met Danny Prada, uh, I was on Facebook. I had been friends with you for a while. And then... I knew you had planted a church, and then at some point, you would pop up on my feed, and you started saying some, like, really interesting <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. And actually, you started saying it before I started thinking it, mm. and then eventually, we started aligning, and I'm not sure if you remember, but I actually reached out to you. I was like, hey, I do you don't really know me, but I appreciate what you're saying because no one else is saying wow. it, uh, and then you were like, just the the, the nicest person I and mean, you didn't know me at all you could have just been like thanks come to my <laughs> church like prove it with your money or something but obviously you're you're just a, a, a good dude not a so douchebag you're so. not a douchebag uh so 
yeah, I really appreciate that. So what I'd like to do, if I can kind of kick it off, I actually, so fun fact, I put, I wrote on my paper STFD because I talk real fast. So if you guys catch me zipping along, you gotta, you gotta just give me. What like does that a, stand for? Uh, slow the fuck down. Ooh, oh, wow. Body words. Body wow. Words. I think you get one F-bomb before you, you have should, to put the explicit tag yeah, on it. So. You should have that tattooed on you if it's a thing in your <laughs> life, you know? It is a thing in my life. Yeah. And, never mind, I was gonna make a sex joke, but. <laughs> it up, episode let's, let's one say, is say, the it, perfect time to do a sex ain't, joke ain't no one listening to this so. <laughs> stfd uh was actually like my mantra on my honeymoon i was like please just, just. oh dude <laughs> that's not a joke that's can a I thing between a man and a woman <laughs> that got established tell you that i used to get traumatized about the possibility of being raptured on my honeymoon night, <laughs> saving myself for marriage. Listen, I'm not kidding, dude. This is how much like this is how much church and religion traumatized me. Yeah. I was so into the rapture. Sure. I was like, could you imagine if I'm banging my wife? I've yep. been waiting for right, this. Right, right. And all of a sudden I'm getting taken up and she stays down. I would be Ooh. like, leave me here, please. You I, would I be- prayed prayers in middle school. To God, for God, not Jesus, not to come back until I had sex. Those oh, are words I yes. uttered. Don't come till I do. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, stop it, don't, bro. Don't raise me up while I am. Guys, wow. listen, I can do You've this all day. You've been thinking about this way too long, bro. That came way too easy. Uh, thank you. I appreciate and it. And so did I, I on my <laughs> wedding night. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for bringing that up because that's actually really true. There is something about like, I can just picture, I, I think I had a similar thing where it's like, Marvin Gaye is playing. There are yeah. candles. I'm wearing like a some sort of linen robe. Ah. I kick open the bathroom doors, and either her or I are gone. Can you imagine me? Oh. Do, are you naked when you're raptured? Well, um, according to um, Kirk Cameron and the um, and the the Left Behind books that are canon, right? Yeah. So Jesus came back. I don't know right. if you noticed. He came back and blessed the books and went back to heaven. Exactly. So the books uh, say that we there are piles of clothing. Oh God! Right, right. I'm very serious. I read the books. Is I am a good Christian boy. No, this is not funny. You're actually naked. Yes, Kirk Cameron thinks we're all naked in heaven. I would like to. Wow, I could pick. Can you picture when he also thinks hurricanes are God's punishment? Wait, I'm sorry. What he said this? Oh, that was like a couple years ago. Hurricanes are God's punishment. So there was this auction. One pastor from the Midwest. It just happened this past week. He said that uh, God is sending floods to his surrounding towns because of the homosexuality and sexual promiscuity. Yeah. Dude loses his house in a flood the next week. Oh, Ooh, God is sovereign Ooh. and good. <laughs> <laughs> Praise him. So good, Praise dude. him. Repent. I'm like, come on, dude. Amazing. You asked for it. But yeah, Amazing. back to what you were saying. To, to cycle whole, back around. Yeah. The whole raptured while you're doing it thing. Yeah, I just want to. I would just. It would be incredible if the rapture was a thing to just see millions potentially of the elect. <laughs> Just buck naked, just ass <laughs> naked, just old and, and mostly oh. white, just ascending. Anyway, anyway, I'm, I, I digress. Danny, uh, could you do something for us? Could you yeah. tell us a little bit about uh, your backstory okay. and then kind of to where Hartway is today? Uh, I don't have a time limit. Do you have a time limit? No. Do you have I a time have limit? To do. I'm cool to riff. So just don't feel like, you know, rush it. You know, as much as you want, but okay. don't feel rushed at all. Just I, would, I just want to hear your well, story. I don't think my life is like that interesting to prolong it. Okay, so great. I'm probably just going to give you like the highlights that I think Perfect. matter. But you guys can probe and ask whatever you'd like. I will probe. Okay. So I guess I can just start with my journey with religion. 
Uh, grew up in a Christian home, Southern Baptist, went to the same church my whole life. Wasn't really too much of a churchy type of kid, but I always knew that like church and God mattered and was important. And I was just a Christian because that's what my parents were and that's what's right and that's what we do. So that was that. But when I got to middle school, high school, I just kind of put that to the side, just did whatever I want. By the time I got to college... My parents said it was cool for me to leave the house, live on campus at the university I was going to only if I would go to the college group at the church that you and I, Josh, used to hang out at. Yeah. So I would go to the college group because there was a girl there that I thought was cute. Mm -hmm. I can't say the name now. I don't want this on the airwaves, but I'll let you know (laughs) later in private. I don't care. Well, I care. <laughs> okay. I care. If it makes you feel better. That's cool. You know, I care. All right. So, was anyhow. it my sister? <laughs> no, dude. Well, this is, this is disgusting. This is you, weird. You bro. heard it here this first. Thirty Rotten Church dude. Kids. Danny Prada. He's getting weird. very defensive. No, I think it was. Oh, shut, up, shut up. Shut up. Dude, we know. Even, we know it's not. Even we, it's about your it's sister, clearly dude. not his sister. Don't let, don't let she's, him be She's a great you. woman. Why wouldn't oh you like her, dude? God, bro. You heard it's it here. Catch. Danny Prada hates his sister. How dare you, sister, bro? Anyhow, sorry. Continue. So. No, so yeah, and then when I got to college, crazy story, I wanted to join a fraternity and tried out for one like fraternity and they didn't want me, and then there was a Christian fraternity and I got into that one, and of Do course they I no? did because they're going to take everybody, right? gonna... it's the Christian fraternity, I don't think they ever say no to anybody, <laughs> but, but I'm actually grateful for the relationships that I built there because I kind of really re-sparked an interest in God and then I kind of dove back into the faith of my youth and from there I realized one day I want to kind of teach maybe even start a church so I transferred to seminary school and then from there the rest was history when I was 21 I was ordained that's crazy so that's crazy right like so young 21 years old I was ordained and I have like old people coming to me with problems that I have no idea about you know Anyhow, so that happened there. I was leading worship for about four or five years. And then after I graduated with my Master of Divinity from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary School, Mm. I decided it's time for me to graduate from worship leading. You know, come on. We all have to graduate Mm -hmm. from worship leading. (laughs) Grow up. Yeah, right. I was in it it to my last day, dude. We didn't make fun of worship leading, bro. Come on. No, but I I definitely was like, you know what? I want to do something else. And I, I wanted to get more experiencing with my teaching. Mm-hmm. And I want to experience more teaching. So I left the job that I had at this mega church as a worship leader. And I became a chaplain at a homeless shelter here in the area. That's and, I didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah. And so when I heard that, because I like sort of like Gibbs, I heard your name through circles. I'm like, oh, I know him. And if, if you ever went to Flamingo Road, man, you knew everyone. Because right. that was like the pinnacle church that people could come through. And there's a lot of conferences. So going there helped knowing people. I'm like, I know Danny. But a chaplain at at an outreach center for like home like that didn't make any sense. I'm like, and then I tilted my head a little bit more. I'm like, I have to hear what this kid says because he definitely has a much different um, perspective than I did. I've been in a white church my entire life. Man, that that changed everything for me in in many ways. I mean, there would be times where I'll pull up to work seven thirty in the morning, open my door, and there's human shit there <laughs> because there were people who wow. weren't able to get into our shelter that night because we were full so they're just 
doing that. And wow. then that's like, and you know, and then my office was right by the, the bathroom where all of the walk-ins would come in and out of all day. Hmm. So talk about like a humbling hmm. experience. Yeah. Yeah. I also had very dark experiences that made me rethink a lot of things. There was uh, one young woman off of the street. She was 18, 19 years old. She had been a prostitute for the last two, three years trying to make ends meet. Got into it with some dudes who mistreated her, abused her, went through a lot. She sat in my office. I'm talking with her. I'm only sharing with her all I knew, Mm -hmm. which was how I knew how to talk about God and Jesus, which I was just doing my best at the time. And I tried to get her to just pray a prayer with me. And I did all of that jazz. All that to say, I I was trying to be there for her and help her and comfort her. Two days later, we found her dead in her room upstairs from my office. She hung herself. No. So I there now I'm backtracking like. What did I do? What what didn't I I do? Yeah. Better, you know. So having those experiences like just hit me. And I also recognized during that time that I didn't really have a theology that prioritized these people. Hmm. Because for me, the whole goal of everything was to go to heaven when you die. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I I just didn't, I didn't know what to say to people who were in this kind of a predicament in life. So I had to learn through experience, through relationship, through a lot of listening, what it looks like to actually be able to uh, be a loving, open space for, for humans in that moment. But yeah, it, 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 it took a while. So I started rethinking a lot of my faith during that time. Alongside of that, I was also starting a church. So we decided to do a Bible study at my parents' house because I wasn't really doing Wait, much pause. Else. Why did you yeah. want to start a church? Well... Like, was that a reaction to something or is that something you always had in mind? No. So I always thought I would kind of maybe take over a church okay. in the Southern Baptist where we talked about it as church revitalization. So the idea was for me, like I'm somebody, I'm not really an entrepreneur type. Mm-hmm. I'm more like play it safe. So I was like, you know what? There's churches, 90 years old, hundred years old. They have a beautiful property. They've got 50 people. I know how to be good with everybody. I, I can make them like me and I can also revamp this thing and turn it into something yeah. beautiful. And I have right. land and we have money and it's awesome. Right. right I never right. thought I would start from zero. Right. Uh, but that didn't work out. Had some. There's actually one story where the church here, 90 year old church in Hollywood, Florida, that the pastor was leaving here, First Baptist Church of Hollywood. The pastor was leaving after he had been there for a long time. He wanted me to step in as like the interim pastor. Mm-hmm. And the church kind of liked me. But on the night when they wanted to decide if I would be their next lead pastor, this was like 2015, right before I started Heartway, I was already a chaplain. I had an insider, one of the deacons on the board. He was like, Danny, you know, they, they, they really want that. They like you a lot, but there's two reasons why you're not getting this job. And I said, why? And he said, well, the first reason is because some of them are a little skeptical that you're taking classes at St. Thomas University. At that time, I was taking some uh, elective classes at a local Catholic university theology program. Right. <laughs> and these were, these were Southern Baptists, you know, so there's like, work. Yeah. And then the second reason why some of the people on the board don't think that your wife is pastor's wife material. 
What? Which means they disapproved of dude. She's not white. They disapproved of her red hair, and they also disapproved of the clothes that she would wear. (laughs) And what's crazy is like, my wife literally tried so hard to Mm. please them and fit Uh, in their goddamn box. Yeah, 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 yeah. She would go with like real churchy people, like her grandma, and tell me what can I wear, what should I cover up. Wow. So, anyhow. That's one story. But I always thought, you know, I'd be a church revitalizer. And what ended up happening was there was actually a church in West Palm Beach that wanted to start new churches here Mm -hmm. in Broward. And the guy knew me. He asked me if I would help them start a church here in Broward. Cool. It was going to be like a campus of his church. Okay. But we did that for like about two months. And I was like, dude, I'm going in a different direction. And these guys, even though they're cool and they're awesome and they supported us financially a lot, like they were knocking on people's doors asking them to accept Jesus like with their youth group every Sunday and oh, I'm like dude. dude I can't like at that time I was already asking a lot of questions yeah, yeah. you know I and was already just, like yeah. I don't necessarily uh-huh. want to convert the whole world like that's not my goal you uh-huh. know I was already <laughs> kind of deconstructing that idea so that's where Heartway kind of began and so we started as a as a small little Bible study in 2006 no 2015 in my parents living room and we started with like eight people month would go by and there was now maybe 15 20 people another month there was 35 people within you know five six months we outgrew the house we had 40 50 people on a on every wednesday the neighbors were getting mad That's at crazy. us crazy and so wow. we were like dang there there may be something mm-hmm. here you know and so we decided we were just going to go full force with it and we we finished off the rest of that year 2015 meeting on wednesday nights uh at the facility that we now continue to meet at, but on Sundays. And then in 2016, we launched the church. That's crazy, dude. Now, one more thing is to say this back to the whole idea of me wanting to be a communicator and Mm -hmm. teach, which is what drove me out of my last job into this one, the chaplaincy job, which I just left in April. I actually got fired. Yeah. You told me about that. Yeah. Yeah, I told you about that. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like a performance issue was, they were downsizing and yeah. Well, yeah. The chaplain, I mean, that's like, that's like, well, at least that's what they told me. So maybe they were just making me feel good, but I thought I did a great job and everybody (laughs) loved me. I think they were afraid of your massive biceps. Maybe. And today actually it was super cool. Like I know the homeless people in Fort Lauderdale. It's kind of sad that some of them go back into the street Mm -hmm. and they just, you know, that's just their life. They kind of relapse. They try and get better. They relapse. But my wife and I were coming back from uh, JB and C, the coffee shop in Fort mm-hmm. Lauderdale, today, and we're stopped by a gas station. And I see a dude. I'm like, "Oh, babe, that's funny. I know that guy." Put my window down. I'm like, "Dude, what's up?" He looks at me. I'm like, "You remember me, Pastor Danny from the BLC?" He's like, "Oh man, this guy's drunk out of that's, his mind." Oh, though. Yeah, yeah, but sure. he was so happy, and my wow. wife was like, "You can tell he was so happy that someone acknowledged him yeah. and recognized him." Right. Looked him in the eye all day, to him. Yeah. all day. He, these these guys are probably trying to get attention from people who just discard him and tell him you're a piece of shit, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm not gonna give you money because you're gonna go buy alcohol with it yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And in that moment, like he was just so overjoyed because he saw me. So, like, I know a bunch of homeless people now in Fort Lauderdale. That's so cool. Crazy, right? That's crazy. I, I definitely miss it. But uh, it's been cool to be able to dive in full time. It's been necessary for the church. Anyhow, back to the teaching thing real quick. So, because I wanted to become a better communicator, I started listening to one human being who I thought was the best at communicating without notes. And that was a man by the name of Mr. Rob Bell. Wow. Rob Bell was like my gateway drug into a whole nother version of christianity but but to kind of give people like an idea like rob bell um came around 
and produced these series of the NUMA videos, right? right? They were super artsy. They were at every church convention ever by these NUMA videos. They address all these different issues. It's really well done. But then Rob Bell releases like a book about, uh, what's the book you wrote about? Love? Love Wins. Love Wins. And he starts writing all these books that people are like, wait, wait, he's not a part of our team. Right. And so, so I started hearing, you can't read Rob Bell because he's God. a heretic. Yeah. I used dude. to shit on Rob Bell. Oh, man. yeah, for sure, God. dude. Right. Because he was up he, to Velvet Elvis, and that was it. Right. Everything after that is <laughs> heretical, dude. Well, because the thing was, he was the coolest Christian of all time, and then he became the biggest heretic of all mm-hmm. time. And because uh, he would basically start asking questions about the idea of hell, the notion of hell, and, and historically what was actually being said from the right. beginning, right? right? But people took that, and it became just this affront. To kind of the Christians. This, this was on the news. There yeah. were news channels yeah. talking about in 2011. Yeah, right, right. About this book, Rethinking Hell, and now we're sitting here, one <laughs> of like many other podcasts of people oh, like yeah. us who are talking about this right. stuff now, normalizing. Yes, it, right. I was know? just listening to his podcast. He actually had an episode uh, that, this past Sunday. And it was talking about how there's like this curve and you mm. have these early adopters and you have like the first wave of mm. adopters. And then it's like the last people to finally catch it. And it's like if you're in the very front, like obviously it's right. lonely, but you right. don't necessarily need everybody in there because then you're at the back end again. But it's, it, but to your point, that's yep. exactly what it's like. Yep. Yep. So I'd interrupt. So, OK, so you started listening to Rob Bell, the heretic. Yeah. And geez, Louise, like this dude was just blowing my mind away with little statements like. In the poem that opens up Genesis <laughs> yeah. chapter one, and in my Southern Baptist brain, that didn't compute. What do you mean the poem? Yeah, that's poem? historical. No, text. no, no. This is literally yeah the word of God. Seven days. This is yeah. What do you mean the poem? Are yeah. you is this a joke to you or what? <laughs> so I started doing research. Why? Why did he call it a poem? And then I realized, oh my God, wait. There's like five different views on. Genesis chapter one and how to read the first two chapters of the Bible. And that got me into this whole thing of just asking a lot of questions. And so one book led to another book, led to another book. And before you know it, I was down this rabbit hole of really questioning and losing everything. And I mean, I can go on talking about that, but maybe you guys can just leave me there. Yeah, for sure. When, when you started deconstructing we'll use the term it's a buzzword uh it's kind of gotten it was used so popularly now that it's almost like right like cliche right it's cute but we're just going to use the word because that's just the word that i can right. think of right now uh as you were deconstructing you were in your pastoring heartway oh yeah so can you talk about what happened was there almost like this yeah. sort of like stepping out into the light kind of moment or was it yeah, always was just it, kind of, was, was that like, from the get go? Was it like, Hey guys, I read Rob Bell now and I don't know anything about anything or is it like a gradual, right? Or did you come in, in or did you come in with Rob Bell? Like, did you start the, the church with Rob Bell? So that's funny. There's a lot of things I want to say, but on the Rob Bell point, the day that we launched Heartway church, January 17th of 2016, that same night after we launched Hardway, I got on a plane, flew out to L.A., spent two days with Rob Bell That's crazy. and about 50 other humans for a communications workshop. That's so cool. So from the get-go, from the launch of the church. Literally. Dang. Wow. So cool. that was Monday and Tuesday <laughs> when I told him. He's like, oh, hey, man. He called. He was calling me Danny from Miami. 
works sure <laughs> he's like okay danny from miami and dude he wouldn't remember me like a year later i'd pop my head up danny from miami it's like wow. crazy genius right that's a good i bet you that's a thing that he does I bet it's like yeah a I, i'm sure that's, that's how he i don't remember anybody's name no no no. i apologize parrot, to people every sunday for that i'm the same way but, i can catch faces but i'm bad with yeah, yeah. so just because i choose to be i just don't want to remember your name <laughs> unless i really have to like right, so. if you can't squat 500 your name ain't worth nothing man. if danny prada has ever said what's your name again it's because he intentionally chose to forget you wow. you heard it here first hot scoop so anyhow, we were there at that at that little uh, shindig with Rob, and I told him, I'm like, yeah, I started a church yesterday, and he started cracking up. He's like, what are you going to talk about next week? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, I want to help you. And I was like, okay, great. He's like, you don't have like a scripture or any idea? I'm like, no, I literally don't know what I'm going to talk about. And then he was like, all right, well, just tell me, how do you feel? And I'm like, oh, honestly, I feel tired, but it's... It's like a good tired. Mm -hmm. He took that. Hmm. He gave me like 25 minutes of content that I recorded on my phone. <laughs> Literally, yeah. the second sermon the week after yeah. was a good kind of tired. No and way. it was like everything that Rob downloaded into yeah. me, yeah. I shared. That's amazing. That next Sunday. And it was absolutely, I sat on a stool. I remember it. And I was just like. <laughs> I'm tired. Last week was epic, but it's a good kind of tired. Yeah, yeah, let yeah. me let me show you what that feels like because I think you may want to know what that feels like too. Like giving yourself so completely and passionately to something that you love that even though it's so exhausting, it's also so fulfilling at the same time. Right. Oh, so anyways, yeah. So it has been from the – like thankfully in 2016 when I started the church, I was already – I was already – on the journey now for just, you know, maybe six months. And so I was kind of talking differently, using different vocabulary. And the, the process has been gradual as I have grown and shifted. The church has grown and shifted, but there has been a lot of moments where I felt like I was far beyond many of the people in the church, but I've always tried to be wise about how much I give to folks. You know, I baby spoon people and give them what I feel they can handle. What's the thought behind that? Well, because I love people. Mm. And I have people like my dad who grew up Church of God mm -hmm. his whole life. Charismatic, you know, super evangelical. And I love him. And I knew during that time he would have a hard idea with a lot of the ideas that I was communicating. But I didn't want to lose him. So I would wow. speak in a way that kind of made it digestible. You so it's, know? it's almost like the more you, it's almost like people who are like, I'm just going to tell you where I am. I'm just going to speak right. my truth. You make it entirely about yourself. Right. And so it says a lot about you well, in that you. you were thinking about other people, which isn't really common, I think. And what's funny, hearing your side of it, because I've talked to you about Hartway, but I didn't hear the, the inception of it. So hearing your timeline of January 2016, I can compare it to my timeline and what I heard of you in Hartway in that time. Mm. So I'm hearing, well, I'm also seeing your Facebook post. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And my head was so deep in the sand doing work at my own, my own church yeah. that I, I just, I caught glimpses of, well, Danny's doing this thing and I can't believe he said this. And then people just continue. But right. then I heard from a really good friend, Jimmy Purchase, he works at a at Spanish river now. Yeah. He's like, um, he like had nothing but praise for you. Oh wow! And because he said that uh, you, you approached, uh, I forget who it was at their church, and kind of telling them the direction Hartway was going, yeah. and they like really respected the fact that you like 
hey, we can't partner anymore because I know wow. theologically we don't agree. Yeah, and Jimmy was, was tough, like, man. Jimmy was like, we, we, we know we have churches that are lying to us and say they wow. align theologically because they want wow. our money. And so you're like, you doing that, Jimmy's wow. like, so when you get a, like a stamp from wow. Jimmy Purchase, yeah, that's a big wow. thing. So I'm like, dang. Right. So well, it wow. says a lot about your moral character and wow. things like yeah. people can disagree with I you. I never known that. Yeah. And so it really was like a, you might not even need to be able to agree, but there's respect there yeah. and that's all you need. That's huge. Yeah. So when I heard yeah. that, I'm like, okay, this yeah. Facebook poster kind of weird. He likes Rob Bell, and I'm pretty sure he's going to hell. And there's no, but he's a nice guy. At least. But I respect yeah. that. Hell I, res- I respect him oh, in hell. I will respect that dirty <laughs> pagan. The, well, hey, those are the kind of encounters and experiences that really start to open you up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I will say though, it was that was difficult because financially, our only support as we started the church was coming from the Southern Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. uh, which gave us a good amount of money up front. Then we got some funds from this church in, in West Palm Beach that got us started, Southern Baptist Church, very mm-hmm. conservative. And then we got funds from Spanish River Church, which is a reformed Presbyterian yeah. church. They're like, you know, I mean, it doesn't get more... Presby's, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's 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 conservative for you. And I remember six, eight months in, I was like, I, I, can't, I can't take money from these people anymore. Hmm. And I didn't really get pressure from them at all. I, I we probably could have continued to. Sure. And you know what's so crazy? Like you guys tell me this. Like I had a pastor in Miami who wrote me a message. I got plenty of Facebook messages. Now I lay I lay off of social media with my opinions, <laughs> but only only rarely. But there was a pastor in Miami who was just not liking the things I was posting. And he wrote to me and he's like, here's what I don't understand about you, Danny. Why would you take money from us if you knew you were becoming a heretic? Because, oh, this was from a picture I posted with Rob Bell when he came to. (laughs) So Rob Bell came to Miami in 2015. He... uh, he was doing something, I don't know if it was with Oprah, at the at some awesome venue. And I, I posted that picture a year later or two years mm-hmm. later. A year later after that event. Yeah, a yeah. year later. And he wrote me, he's like, wow, that was the same time that you were getting funds from us. He's like, so why did why would you do that? Like question, you know, like yo, homeboy it, had schematics on his wall with oh red my strings. Gosh, dude. He's like, if you backdate it seven like, months, yeah, dude. And I was like, nerd, down, so dude. like Wax. on the one hand, I have people who probably oh, yeah. think of me. There's probably humans who think of me. Like you know how you, you're you're an enemy in somebody's yes. story, right? Yeah. All of us are an enemy in someone else's story. <laughs> We're the good guys in some people's story, yeah, the bad yeah. guys in other people's stories. Well, there are other human beings out there who are like, that's the guy who. He knew that he was becoming a heretic and he still took money from the Southern Baptist. And wow. mind you, I'm here like, damn, I can't take money from these people anymore. I gotta right. be honest well, with of you. Course. Like, I'm trying to freaking, you know, right. you're trying to do the right thing. Right. Wow, that's crazy. So when you had this, so you said there was kind of like just this gradual slope as far as like as you were growing, you would to a degree, like if you took three steps forward, then you would kind of pull them one step forward. Mm-hmm. And then if you took three more steps forward, you'd pull mm-hmm. them another step forward. Can you talk about not only the the pushback that you kind of found in the circle. South Florida is a bubble. Yeah. It is it its really own is. animal it and really everybody is. is interconnected by just a few degrees yeah. of separation. So can you talk a little bit about what happened in that bubble and then uh, on the outside and then maybe talk to 
a lesser degree or, or as specific as you want to be about what happened kind of within the rank and file of your own tribe. Was there if there was any change at all? All right. I've been drinking this. What did you make? This is a black and tan, everybody. Black and tan. So I've had enough of this to <laughs> to tell you. I need you to ask me that question again because okay. I got confused with all the bubbles <laughs> that you're I'm talking sorry, about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, the first bubble and then the other <laughs> bubble. I, uh, I tend to do this. I tend to so over-contextualize. Yeah. So you took three steps forward, right? So you're, right. you're thinking through things. Right. You're, talk, you're reading Rob Bell. You're reading Richard Rohr. Right. Um, all this stuff. How far would you pull along your church? And when you did that, okay. when you brought your people with you, what happened? Yeah, were there, were they like, hey, we oh, can't right. do this. Oh, okay. Peace out, we're leaving, and oh. all that stuff. Yeah, well, there was um, a lot of that. There was a lot of people who were just like, we we can't we can't go where you're going. There was a lot of people who were just kind of scared about it. And I remember there was a period of time where my wife and I felt like we created a community that we ourselves could not be a part of. Wow, jeez, because there would be. Many Sunday mornings where I would just I would just feel like I don't know what I can say or how much I can say. And I got to be really careful about what I say because I don't know who's sitting here who may not like it, who I may offend mm-hmm. by this. And you're a people pleaser by And by I'm design. a people pleaser yeah, by yeah, design, yeah. you know, and it's like it took me a long time where even it, I feel like I'm stepping into that now more than ever before, but it's taken me a while and it took a lot of suffering for me to realize like that is so heavy of a weight to carry, like having to be careful, not being able to be myself because other people may not approve of it. Yeah. You know what but, I'm but, saying? But, like, I, I, like, but it's natural and normal, you know? Oh my gosh. Of course. Of course. What, what's yeah. natural and normal? Like to, to feel like that. Oh yeah, for sure. But, but I, I think, like the the church, uh, I think I brought it up to Danny or something. I also have drinking too much Guinness, so what, <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, the, the church does a really good job of, like you said, like uh, converting people and all this. And they don't call the with they we they don't call themselves Catholics, but they're very much focused on yeah. works and tradition. Oh, oh, Wait, big time. So whatever, it's all the same. But very little emphasis on the on the self, like the mm-hmm. person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's. To, to me to understand that I don't know how to be myself in my own church. I think that, that I was struggling with when I was working at a church and Adrian and I were talking about the same thing. It's like, I'm having all these questions. And if I, if I feel comfortable bringing that up, no one wants to talk about it. Mm. And like, you can't have that question because we have to plan out this next service or I don't have time. Or why would you ask that question? Are you talking to Danny again? Know, Are you reading insane, his post? Dude. I'm like, I, I'm like, when did, what did Jesus do the majority of the time? He went to the temple. His parents lost him in the temple because yep. he was talking to the rabbis. Questions. Questions. Yeah, dude. So to me, like, well, the guy we say we, we worship did this a lot, and I can't do it. Like, what's the problem in having us? That's, that's my thing. Dude, like, I this this was just two weeks ago. I had one of our middle schoolers at Hartway in the lobby brought up to me in the lobby by his mother. He said, hey, Danny. He's like, I have a question for you. Is evolution true or were adam and eve the first human beings he's just asking me this in the lobby of the sure. church yeah and i'm like yes and his That's mom great. did the mom want you to give the church answer was she like no the mom, the mom, okay. the mom has actually been like such a pleasant surprise okay, cool, cool, cool. one of the folks that i misjudged off the bat thinking like oh she's not gonna last yeah. year and she has been going through her metamorphosis and cool. she's been on the ride and she's excited that her kid is asking these questions. And I was able to tell him, son, 
I don't read that story literally, and neither should you. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. so healthy. Let me tell dude. you wow. why. That's, that's cool. so good. And then I got to explain to him, science tells us the how, but spirituality and religion mm. explains to us the why. So when I read the Adam and Eve story, I'm looking to see what this has to say about what it means to be human and what it means for us to live in this world. And I can share with you some of the implications of this next week when your mother, you, and myself Go have some coffee so we can talk about it. That's, like, so, that's the kind of stuff that's I bet you his eyes dude. lit up. I bet you yes. he's like, someone's treating me like a human yes. and adult. I'm going to equal with we the person. Were, we, we felt like that wasn't even you can't. a possibility. No, of course. And like the way you, like, so Pete Holmes had this quote. He was quoting someone else. But he said, um, spirituality is the difference between reading sheet music and hearing the music. Mm. And I think that that's sort of the same thing. Like the, the science and faith dichotomy. Science tells you how it happened. But spirituality, like you can, you can experience it. You can feel right. it. Right. Um, so going back to your three steps forward and then pulling okay, the yeah. people with you, um, what was, cause we, we've been very vague about this metamorphosis and these, these things we're going through or deconstruction. What were some of the things that when you started voicing these opinions, people were like, uh, uh, I'm out or yeah. the opposite, like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm here for this. Like right. what would you what see attracting people? And like, like, like you, you don't want everyone to kick people out, but when you're, voicing these opinions from your stage where people like no nah, i don't know if i can deal with that the topics yeah. the issues yeah. yeah well rethinking heaven and hell that was a huge one anytime i would talk about different ways that i was thinking about these concepts yeah you, you mean know? like it wasn't like like maybe heaven isn't like an airport or like when i say heaven and hell are states of consciousness That'll oh, that'll that'll freak yes. some people out, you know. Oh, that'll freak I'll some people that. out. So <laughs> that's not so good. That's, uh, I love that. Not only that, but then when I became very open about this science and faith conversation, mm -hmm. that also you know we've done. I've done several messages yeah. on the topic of science and faith, and I and I give people the best of what we know, mm. you know. And I say we need to, you know, Jesus freaking is the one who said, ascribe who's fit for the kingdom of God is like a master of a house who goes and gets his treasure chest and pulls out of that treasure chest things both old and new. Oh In other words, like right. if you're good at teaching, you recognize those eternal universal truths yeah. and you also recognize, hey, there's room for change and improvement and we have to be open and flexible and recognize that we're never going to know the whole thing. Yeah. Because even when I say like eternal truth, I'm not even talking about something intellectually. Like for me, truth is love. It's an experience of life. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I mean, you know. But anyhow. My, my dad always used to say that um, all of the essential elements in this universe have always been around. But we just now have like iPhones and buildings. It's mm. like there's nothing new. It's we learn to break things apart and then we learn to put things together. And before you know it, now we're driving electric cars, you know, yep. and now we have three fucking uh, cameras in one phone. So, Stupid. but, but I think to, to the point is that it's kind of like there is an abundance of kind of raw essence that's sitting there, yep. you know? Yep. And so we don't have to feel obligated to just stay with our, our, our brass mm -hmm. and copper weapons. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like there's so much more to be, to be had and, and, and built. Every other field in life is open to improvement and further inquiry but if you're talking theology, about right? heaven and hell ain't no conversation bro. right you're talking right. about jesus literally you raising know, from the dead which it's like, can't, no can't talk about dude, that sorry first of all 
if you can understand God, it's not God. Exactly. Exactly. That's the whole yes. thing. Like, say, yeah. more, say more about that. Say more about that. God is, for me, a word that we use to point to a mystery that is far beyond our ability to comprehend mm. because the finite cannot contain the infinite. Exactly. That's great. So that's a good point. That's we good. don't really know what we're talking about when we talk about God, mm. because God isn't even really something we're supposed to be thinking and talk about. That's fun to think about and talk about God. It's just our best guess. But right. At some point we have to, move, we have to recognize we got to move beyond the, the, the thinking and the speaking into right. the being. Right, right, right. And that's the Feel God the experience. That's wow. the God experience that all of us have been looking for. The ability to, to look out at all of life and be like, wow, this is a gift. Hmm. Every part of it, even the shitty days. Right. And the bad stuff. You said something that was really interesting to me is you said that whenever you start interacting with those homeless people years ago, you said uh, you realized that you had to pick a different theology. Mm. Where, I, where I come from, you don't pick a different theology. Oh, right. There is theology. Right. And there is every, heresy. Everything right. else. You know, you don't pick it. Yes. Right, so, right, right. I, I, it's like saying, like, you know, so you don't pick what sun you want to experience. Yeah. Like, there is the sun, See, and, and you that, can stay that, inside that, if you'd that, like that's to. That's it. That's it. So, so can you talk about what is it that... Because for people who have never even experienced this notion of picking theology, right. can you talk about that? What does that even mean? Here's a better way to, 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 to put it. This whole process that I've been through, that you all have been through, and that we're still going through. Mm-hmm. It's never going to stop. Right. Is yeah. the process of making our faith our own. Mm-hmm. Is the difference between firsthand religion and secondhand religion. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of us is. were given secondhand religion. Like, you're white in America, and so you're a Christian. Right. Or, hey, this is just the family that you came into, yeah. and this is what we do, and this is what you are. And then you just end up at some church that your parents selected for you, and right. you get indoctrinated there with whoever that guy. You, I mean, we don't have a lot of choice with this stuff. You know, if we were born in India, we would be Hindu. Yeah, right. You were born in uh, Egypt. You may be Muslim. Isn't that, what, isn't that Richard Orr says that? What does he say? He said, like, if I was born in China, I'd be a Buddhist. If I was born in uh, India, I'd be a Hindu. Like, yeah, probably yeah, he yeah. did because that's just it's true. Yes. <laughs> right. So, yes. Yeah, right. So, gosh, what were we talking about? I was talking about picking your theology. Oh, right, right. So, essentially, we begin with secondhand religion. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody gives this to you and says, here, it's yours. But it has to be like this. The process of making faith your own is saying, okay, I realize that this is what was handed down to me and this is what I was told was true. Why is it true? Like, do I experience this as true for myself? That process is the process of, of you know, picking your own theology or like my friend Trip Fuller talks about it, brewing your own faith. I like that. Brewing your that's own faith. That's his podcast, Homebrew yeah, Christianity. Homebrew Christianity, which was a game changer for me too. And he was able to come to Artway and speak, and we're friends, and he's awesome. Now he's in England doing, like, smart people stuff <laughs> at Oxford or something. That's Anyways. Bad. So, yeah, it's just – and to know that you have the permission to do that. Like, Jesus, the reason why people were so in awe of him as a rabbi and as a spiritual teacher, this phrase is in the scripture several times. 
it's because he spoke with an authority that they had not seen before. Mm. Like they would, they would see him speaking and they're like, where's this coming from? Like, where is this, where's this coming from? Like, how do you feel so bold and confident to say the things that you're saying, even though they seem to be so disruptive to the people who are in power and the people who said, this is the way it's supposed to be. Like, he spoke from his own authority, from that inner authority that we were told we couldn't trust. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> he spoke from his experience yeah. because huh. God is found in our experience. Where else are you going to find God? You can't find God by reading books, dude. And that's <laughs> what my whole, that's what I was taught. Yeah. Another Richard Rohr quote. I was, I've read a lot of his stuff. Heck yeah. Um, Please read. Everyone should read so all good. of it multiple it's, times. Yeah, it's, it's so, it's such a loving discovery of this whole mystery stuff but one of the things he said is because when i was kind of like deconstructing or taking stuff out and putting stuff back in uh one of the things he said was um don't uh, i'll paraphrase it but don't hate where you came from right so don't hate the churches you came from the experiences you had good and bad um because you needed them right Mm. in uh and then he brought up like an example of, of like kids and adrian and i have kids um, but like if my son's running out to the street, mm. I'm not going to go, Hey Noah, you shouldn't run in the street because a car might hit you. And then we have to go to the hospital. Mom and dad can't afford hospital bills. Mm. <laughs> no, I yell, get out of the street. Right. So at a certain point I need just to know that there was something that created everything. Mm-hmm. So you need these baby steps. So you, mm-hmm. you need to know black and white mm-hmm. before you can understand mm-hmm. gray. Mm-hmm. Right. So when that middle schooler comes up to you and, and then when he had that presence of mind to ask that question, then you can start tackling that stuff. But if I'm a 30 year old person and I'm still believing that the Genesis story is completely right. true and no one wants to talk to me about it, there's a huge disconnect because yeah. I'm expected to what, go to college, get right. a job, Right. Like make my family happy, right. like expand as a person, but not my spirituality. Right. My spirituality should be based on little felt right. board characters yeah. for the rest of my life. Right. Right. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> to, to steal uh, a Pete Holmes uh, bit, so he he said that to him, deconstructing is like you have a room that's full of furniture, and you start peeling stuff, you start taking stuff off of the walls that you never really liked. You're like, I don't actually like this mm, picture it was mm. just like my mom gave it to me and then mm. you take it out and then you're like I, you know i don't love like this ottoman let's get this out of here this yeah. was like handing me down by my grandpa and you're peeling away the wallpaper and you're pulling the rug out and you're throwing it outside and then once you have like just this bare empty room then you have this ability to systematically to yourself go okay i actually like this couch Wow. And then you bring the couch back in, and what you might find yes. is that actually was a couch that just your your, your mom happened to and have every anyway. Human being should feel like they are able to do that. But and where where should we where should we feel the most comfortable to do that at? I'm asking yeah. a leading question because I already have an answer. I like yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. I mean, like if, if, please, if the us. church is a place for sick people, then why can't the church be that? Yeah. I know. So like like when when my wife and I I stepped away from the church and kind of took a break, my wife's like, we should check out Heartway. I'm like, honey, I cannot go to church for 20 years <laughs> and be completely by myself. I don't blame you. I don't bro. want to touch a keyboard. I don't want to. I don't want to see another <laughs> communication card. I'm good. Did I tell you? Did I tell you about Heartway? Was I one of the people that? Yeah, because Gibbs went there first. Yeah. Because oh, uh, he's like, yeah, man. Like really, I felt like we had a, like an incognito meeting, like behind an alley in New York. Like, hey, dude, <laughs> so Adrian, dude. Is, is that you? <laughs> shut up, shut up. Is be that cool. you? I had a newspaper with my eyes cut out. Like, shut <laughs> up, be cool. They're really squinty because you're slanty eyes. It, you're, it wasn't even, it's just the top of that. Just the top no, of that. No, but he's like, I went to Heartway. I'm like, oh man. And then, so my wife is going through her own thing. And then she, my, my kids still call Heartway their church. I told them I was coming to talk to you tonight. Yeah, yeah. And my daughter goes, oh, Pastor Danny from Heartway. So they love Heartway. My wife loves Heartway. It's been instrumental in her just 
openness and, awesome. and dealing with her own issues. But I went I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to go to church. Mom. I, like, I feel like a, a kid being dragged, yeah. but it's, it's so much of that just openness yeah. hmm. to be like, Hey, we don't know. And a lot of people say this, a lot of churches say, uh, no church per, for perfect people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here, we're like the church is a hospital for the sick people. We're here to answer any questions. Yeah. One, they don't answer questions. Yeah. And two, I don't want answers. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's, I don't there's, want your answers. No. There's a there's a thing that there's this oh, old gosh. Jewish saying that if rabbis were sitting arguing a point and Jesus appeared in the room and an, like answered the rabbis, because the rabbis would go uh, get out of here. Wow. We don't want we don't want answers. We just want the discussion. They want the discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, it's That's like it's so like if you were in a museum. Uh, if you're, yeah, if you're in like the MoMA, right, and you're looking at this like gorgeous art, and you're like, to me, this talks about uh, the duality of man, and it talks about the the danger of capitalism, right? And then like if the artist appeared, he was like, no, actually, I had a fight with my dad. <laughs> like, damn it, man, you just ruined you ruined it. Yeah, you know? dude. See, like I that's that's the way I like to express it is question everything until you have no more need. For answers, hmm. well, it's not the point. Isn't even to have the 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 answer. That's not even the point. Exactly. Anymore. It's I like that. I don't need. I don't. I don't need the answer. Like you said, I'm. I'm just here for the discussion yeah. because everything in the world of thought is impartial. Is, is yeah, it's impartial. There's there's another quote. I, I'm or just partial. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, Blase Pascal. All of humanity's problems stem from humans being unable to sit quietly in a room. Mm-hmm. And I think. Like to the same thing, like you don't need answers. You just want to be, you just want to experience it. Right. And like uh, Hartway started doing this new thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what they did and then I'll tell you who commented on it. But now they do like a meditative centering prayer yeah. before the sermon, right? Yeah. Super interesting. The light incense. I'm all about the incense. It's awesome. My dad goes, uh, hey, uh, did, uh, awesome. did Danny, like your pastor do like, so I had some yoga lady come in. <laughs> Like, Dad, do you know how to use Instagram? What the heck? That's how'd awesome. you see this, Dad? You don't, you don't know how to use social medias. Like, yeah, Dad, there's like some centering prayer thing. He's like, <laughs> he just walked away. Like, I thought you wanted to talk about oh, it. Oh, I know, dude. That, that, to me, that was cool. Like, there's some, it's kind of going back to that thing where there's a rich history of spirituality oh, yeah. in the East, in the West, and everywhere in between. And there's like this quintessential thing of like, Jesus, yes, spoke to a bunch of people. Like all the heroes of our evangelical faith did that too. But there's a big chunk of their lives where they spent in silence, just in, yes. in, in meditation and just experiencing like what was going on around mm-hmm. them. Yeah, so. That's, that's huge, really cool. dude. I, I like feel that. like what would be a good thing for us to do now yeah. would actually do a little tangent okay. into a new, a new segment that oh, we're doing. Sure. And right. then we'll cycle back around. And then we'll flesh it out because I feel All like right. there's more conversation to be had, yeah, but I've I feel got, like this is a stuff. good. We're hitting 50 minutes, bro. Oh this my is insane. Gosh. This could be a this two. This nuts. might be a two parter, actually. That's fine. That's, that's cool. I'm, with me. I'm fine with two. How long are these supposed to be? There's no about oh, 10 okay. minutes. So real quick. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be able to watch followed, an so. episode of like How I Met Your Mother, and then yeah, that's, that's, that's it. it. Um, so what I think. So we have a new segment, and the segment is called Watch, Listen, Rant. And the way it works is we have our guest along with us. Cool. View a video or listen to a segment or uh, uh, hear something that we read. And then we're all going to watch it together. We're going to try and describe it to our guest because obviously like genius people, we have a video. And so we'd love for you to be able to hear a video uh, and we're going to watch it together. You have to give me your headphones too. Yeah, I'm going to give you my headphones because I've already seen it and it's great. So here we go. So how are you going to, I have my phone and you can hear it. You can hear it. Yeah. 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 So let's see if it works. First time trying it out. Oh, hold on. I, I, 
I uh, turn my volume down because I'm trying to be respectful of the podcast recording. Lutheran Satire presents... For years, my life was dedicated to swimming. I went to the pool every day. I was constantly in the water. And all the while, I was certain that swimming would make me happy. I thought it would give my life meaning. But over time, I began to realize that swimming wasn't everything I'd hoped it would be. Who's that guy? There's I don't know. Old He's never come down to this part pool. of the pool. I love that cool feeling I got when the water first touched my feet. But once that wore off, the rest of my body was still hot. Why couldn't swimming help me then? Dude, just come over here. It's like 20 times deeper. Plus, I had all these questions that none of the swim instructors could answer. Actually, we're both swim instructors, and you've never once asked either of us a question. How is it possible to float? Why is it called a backstroke when you don't even stroke your back? Why do bad belly flops happen to good divers? Nobody could answer these questions. I can answer all those questions in like 30 seconds. Nobody was even talking about these things. That's literally what we do here all day, dude. Then I realized that in my zeal to be a great swimmer, I was rejecting all these amazing athletes that weren't in the pool. Like I met football players who were so much faster and more agile than I was. Why should I say that they weren't swimmers too? Because they're playing football instead of swimming! Now I know that many of you will be hurt by my decision to leave the pool. Especially those countless people I gave swim lessons to. Who let you give swim lessons? You can't even doggy paddle. I only doggy paddle. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Tyler, you betrayed us. Tyler, now you're going to spend all your days insulting us and the things we still love in order to gain the approval and the money of your new swim-hating friends. But nothing could be further from the truth. Something you'll see very clearly when I release my new book. Swimming is stupid, and so are the people who like it. I bet he sells 500 copies. So one for every person who already wrote that book? So what's next for me? Well, I'm so glad I can finally say this out loud. I'm finally free to go where I've always belonged. I am finally ready to live my truth and commit myself to a lifetime of rock climbing. Three weeks later. But over time, I began to realize that rock climbing couldn't take me to the heights I had hoped. Oh, come on! That's epic. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is this is called the what's it called the Exvangelical? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's called. Do you want to explain Tyler, it the first before I Evangelical quits swimming. So it's basically this cool dude with glasses and a heart tattoo on his arm, talking about how the pool was not everything he thought it was, and needs to go to other places to to find the answers. Uh, I don't know. So, I get so fed up with it. So, Danny, give us your what's your initial thoughts? Yeah. So the this, is, word this that, is posted by a local pastor, by the way, and he commented, "Oh, oh man, this is exactly this is it." <laughs> oh, really? It was wow. great. Yeah, I mean caricatures, right? Yeah, you know. But um, well, I I want to get into all of the ways that I feel I I made caricatures of of others. Yeah, of course. But before I do that, obviously, this is someone who's not oh yeah happy with people like us. Yes, and exactly. So they exactly. basically are like they're idiots, and it's kind of it's just a very interesting film because I don't. You, I guess you can try and wiggle your way out of anything, right? Yeah. But it's interesting how it was it was two white guys yes. who were the ones who were in the deep end of the pool. And it was funny is that my favorite thing they said was like, any question you have, like, just give me 30 seconds. Yeah. Yes. Answered your question. Yes. And you're like, ooh. Yes, Wait, exactly. The deepest mysteries of the universe. 30 seconds. God. Done. I know that answer. 30 se- I know oh, that answer. Okay. All right. But you're right. But I'm an idiot. That, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's... Adrian sent me that video 
I think it was at work. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind I'm of like, funny. Oh, just, just I will I will say down. though, I will say though that there is a certain tone. It's not about what you say, but how you say it. Yeah, exactly. And I will say how I was saying things could definitely have come off like the guy that oh, was yeah, being made fun of in the video. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. in the sense of like I'm just saying this to provoke and I'm just saying mm-hmm. this to kind of, you know, see, see what feathers I can ruffle, ruffle yes. here. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's okay. And that's fine. That's all that I saw people were doing. Like, oh, this is what it means to be a progressive Christian. I thought mm-hmm. it's just, we're just kind of just pissed at the other people who aren't right. progressive Christians and get them to try and be like us. And then became the same problem on the other side. Right. You know, so my my approach and my tone has changed a lot and that has come with mostly just being able to forgive those people whoever they are that yeah. I feel hurt me yeah and it's like you have to forgive and people that you'll probably never meet yeah I gotta say let it go. But, yeah. I gotta say um we shouldn't have shown this to Danny because he <laughs> responded with way more grace than I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping. Sorry, did I mess up? I was really hoping for about an hour of shitting oh, on we this. Could, we could go that no, hold on, Gibbs. You keep talking. I'm going to try to find exactly what oh. Gibbs responded back to me in the text. Oh, great. Okay. It was really great. good. Oh, well, the shitting will commence soon. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, you got, we can. We, no, 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 no. We no. could do that. No, no, no. I think the fact that, that you took that as going, look, this is a, there is a truth in every, like in every tall tale. Exactly. There's a truth there, exactly. and and I think there's something to that. What's funny is I come from a, uh, a evangelical background. I come from a reformed evangelical background. Were you ever a reformed mm-hmm. guy, big, big time, time reformed guy? I was like a kind of like a more reformed than Jesus. And they have this phrase which you're probably familiar with. It's called the cage stage. Are you familiar with this term? No. They tell guys who are newly reformed, they're like, you need to be in a cage for five years because you're insufferable. Oh, because gosh. you know so much. Of course. You have questions about predestination. Yes, you have questions dude. about election. You are so confident in the nuance stuff. of God that you can you can basically flesh God out. You, and so it's kind of like it's called the cage date where it's like, dude, let's talk in five years when you can just calm <laughs> down so a little bit. Awesome. And I think conversely, I think in any and in any kind of system of belief, I think progressive people of spirituality, there's kind of a healthy thing about going, let's just. Calm down for a little bit. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk next year. Let's yeah. talk in a couple of years when you're not as angry yeah. about everything. But to your point, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can't find it. But okay. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> so there's another thing uh, from Richard Rohr. I'm just talking about wealth him. tonight. Dude, you're a yeah, wealth. I'm, I'm I'm just getting there. Uh, he said because in, in and this was I, I think I read it right after I had a conversation with you at Starbucks. Um, I'm like because like I'm talking about Hartway and just reconnect. Um, he said, don't be. Be the person that you would have wanted to talk to at the beginning. Something like that. Like, be the wow. person that would welcome those questions. Because, I mean, Danny was that for me. Like, like, dude, I have all these questions. And it, w- it would have crushed me and, like, stifled my growth. I don't know because it didn't happen. But I would assume it tremendously. If you just, like, these questions are stupid. Just come to church Sunday. Right. right? right. Because he, he said, like, there are people who are asking questions. And there are people who DM Gibbs and I. I'm sure, I'm sure you get a lot of them, too. Oh, yeah. And they can't. They can't publicly say or publicly post what they're going through mm. but for some reason they f- feel comfortable with asking us those questions I'm like mm-hmm. i can't hate on them i can't be the people in the deep end of the progressive pool the pp 
saying, and this is really deep over here, bro. Get in this pee pee right now, dude. And and that's get part in of, this pee pee right now. Pee-pee. That's also the, uh, the motto of my honeymoon. <laughs> well, that's that, really don't think gross. about it so much. Don't think about it too much. It's better without. Context. No, but yeah, like be the person, yeah. be the type of person that you yeah. wanted to have at the beginning of your questions. Yeah, and I that, love that. That's part of the 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 thing that helped shift a lot of things for me. There were certain. I mean, any evangelical pastor gathering that for whatever reason, I don't know why I was invited to over the last five years. I heard years, about I every try, single one you went to. I would try and avoid <laughs> them like the plague. Sure. But there were other times when I was like, I really don't want to be like an enemy to be to these people. Yeah. Of course. You know, but I felt very self-conscious and I felt like because I wasn't comfortable my own skin yet yeah you know i thought i just felt a certain type of way about other people like not liking me or how they feel about me and for me it was like anybody who's evangelical pastor this is what you are for sure Uh uh-huh uh-huh you know i created that caricature and what happened was i had certain people who wanted to sit down with me and meet with me and talk to me from that world it was a it was a minority, mm-hmm. but there were some who reached out. And when I would have coffee with these people, they understood me. They were encouraging. They shared that they also thought some of the th- same things that I did and respected me for saying wow. it. And those experiences, like it, they they surprised me. I I didn't expect somebody who was you know, an evangelical pastor to be this open to me. And so having those experiences began to kind of soften me up to recognize, like, I I don't want people to just over categorize progressives or whatever you want to call me. So I don't want to do the same for others, you know? And, and yeah, I I have a question. I want to talk about, uh, tribe. I feel like in our little area, Everyone kind of knows everyone, and this is kind of what I was touching on earlier, too, is that there are a lot of kind of like co-ops where it's like, this is the Jersey. We have cool things that happen, and you have pastors from like all over, and they're they're evangelical pastors, right? And they have everybody. But I feel like, did you like slowly stop getting invited to those hangs, or have you still been getting those invites? Oh, no, no. The invites, (laughs) they, they, they... They went away very quickly, but the few little things I was asked to still go to, I was like, oh, I don't know, should I? Sometimes I would show up, other times I wouldn't. But so what took what took their so what took their place? Has there been kind of this vacuum of community, or have yeah. you found something in replacement? For a while there was, for a while there was a vacuum, and little by little I just kept putting myself out there, and now I feel like I have more than enough pastor friends like i don't even really want anymore sure you know what, just what, like what i shocked me is that you don't just have pastor friends you have imam friends mom oh, friends yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. you have these this they did one summer thing which what was when we started going to Hartway. i'm like man this is what i want um you had an imam come in and preach you had people from different faiths and different parts of christianity come mm-hmm. and speak and then i it's like someone it's like i've been watching something my entire life and then Danny, whether you or the people you're inviting are actually opening the curtain, like, dude, mm. this is what's been going on the whole time. Yeah, I'm like, there's so much beauty and interest mm. and mystery to spirituality in general. Oh, it's and, not new. And then I then I had to fight off. It's, it's not new exactly. Then I'm like, man, why have I not been experiencing this? Mm. Now I have to fight off this anger. I'm like, why yeah, has no one know, told me this? I know, I know. Because now, if <laughs> someone know. in middle school told me uh, evolution is pretty much on point and the Genesis story is a poem, that would have been 
transformational, right? right? You don't have to be a freak for all of your sixth right. and seventh oh grade. Gosh, <laughs> dude. Right. But but to that point, your mom friends, right? So I would say to your credit, yeah, local pastors might have stopped inviting yeah. you, but yeah. I didn't see any other um, Christian representative besides maybe a Catholic priest at the um, at the mosque after mm. the, the uh, yeah. shooting in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking around, at the, and so I went with Danny and a couple of people from Hartway to a mosque. What city was that in? It's Sunrise. 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 Yeah. And, um, and they invited people of multi-faith there to kind of just mourn together over the, the shooting that happened in Australia. Australia, right? Yeah. New, yeah oh, no, no, no. That was... New Zealand? Uh, that was the mosque shooting, right? Yeah. That was... I forgot where that yeah. was. What yeah. sucks is that we f- don't know where it is. I know. Because it's happening. So many. Whatever. That's a whole other podcast. Is some noise going on? I think it? we're oh, getting raptured. My clothes is coming off. Oh, my penis. <laughs> <laughs> my wife just flushed the toilet. That's cool. No, it's <laughs> um, But when I looked around, I'm like, one, I was happy that I knew someone who was invited to a mosque and I could go to a mosque for the first time and interact with other people from other faiths. And secondly, I'm like, why is there no one yeah. else here? Yeah. So you might not have pastor friends asking you to hang, but uh, I don't see other pastors getting invited Dude, to hang with people. I appreciate you saying that. And those, those relationships have been, that's where I've experienced God the most, I would say, mm-hmm. in these last few years. I've had the opportunity to sit in plenty of tables with a lot of different people who have a very different experience of life and who all kind of feel the same way we do about Christians too, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's, it's, it's been beautiful to be able to cross those lines. I was always told that mm-hmm. I, that I shouldn't, you know, like I, I still, I still got comments from people about inviting an imam and going yeah. to the mosque and like, Hey, be careful about those Muslims. Cause this is their agenda. And I'm like, do you know this guy? Wow. Like I've been to halal guys with him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's cool. Like we talk about a lot of things yeah. and he listens to freaking Biggie and Tupac yeah. and like he cusses sometimes and like, right. you know, like normal, normal people. But if you, if you never, like just take that step it, it's easy to hate someone you don't know right? right or it's easy to uh um make a group of people the the like you said we're, yeah. we're an enemy in someone else's story right? right so it's easy to make a whole group of people those other people right because for yes. whatever reason but if you don't ever take the chance they they could be shitty people right you could be right yeah. and congratulations you were right who cares? Right. <laughs> they could be a shitty person or they could be exactly what you needed at that moment yes and so you're robbing yourself of experiencing this person and broadening your horizons. I'll never forget. I had a, a dude from from Hartway who was, who which by the way we actually officially took out church from the name. Not just really? Hartway. Oh, just I didn't Hartway. know that. Yeah, Very it's cool. actually officially it's just Hartway. I'm sorry. I'll go but back we and still, the no, but no, we still we still okay. in post. I haven't Redact. made like a thing about this at our Sunday morning gathering. Yeah, because we're still rooted in Christianity, right? Yeah, of course. obviously. So I'm a I'm a I'm a pastor and I'm a Christian. That's just mm-hmm. what I am, and when. But um, I forgot what I was going to say. But yeah, I haven't made a big deal about it on Sunday mornings. But we did that on purpose because we're yeah, we just sure. Well, there's there's yeah. baggage. Yeah, there's just a and there's trauma exactly. that exactly. comes with it. Exactly. And and not that you're trying to step around it, but you're trying to show that there's something more than what yeah. you're, you're doing. Whatever you more. think churches were not, so right. let me just take that out. That's it. And, and you know what? <laughs> Rob Bell said this in his um, "Everything Is Spiritual" talk, the second one that he did. He said like, if the word God stops you 
then let's stop using that word right. and let's use something else. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like let's let's do away with the limitations that mm-hmm. that our language can mm-hmm. cause. And if that's the problem, yeah. then it doesn't matter. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It, you can call this color whatever color you want. That at the end of the day, it's there's a color here. Exactly. And I think that's really interesting to think about. Yeah. And nowadays, like honestly, it, for me, like even before, I used to think that now because I think so differently theologically and philo- philosophically, I need to kind of show people what I'm seeing and help them kind of see it the same way that I do, like kind of trying to convince them to mm-hmm. agree with me. And now I'm realizing like, you know what? Fine. I don't care if you believe X, Y, Z yeah. about Genesis one and two, mm-hmm. since that just is yeah. the example we're using today. I don't even care anymore how you read it or interpret it. How do you treat people? Yeah. Wow. How do you live that out? Like that is what matters. Yes. Like I don't even want to get stuck. If you're open and you have questions, let's go. Like right. I'm the dude to talk to <laughs> and I will like give you a mind fuck. Like, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, like yeah. we're gonna talk about everything. All of this. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. but I don't need to go there with someone who's not ready to go there or who doesn't even think that they should. For me, it's just like are you at peace? Hmm. Like, are you okay with yourself? Are you happy as a human being? Like, are you fulfilled? Let's talk about that stuff. But we can't because according to Matt Chandler, <laughs> right? He passed around a rose at oh. some service and he passed around oh, no. and people kept passing it and passing it and passing it and passing it. And uh, eventually the rose gets passed to him. And he goes, we are this rose that's been touched by so many yeah, people and we're broken and we're falling apart. Gosh. And Jesus still loves us. Gosh. Or dirty rags. Gosh. Right. I'm like, come on, man. Right. And, and no wonder I hate myself. I know, I <laughs> what's know. interesting is, as he said it, his sentiment was that Jesus will take anybody. Right. That was his sentiment. Yeah. But what it really did was in the process, it said, we are the equivalent. We're dirty, of dirty, a, dirty. Right. Right. So without thinking, you're in, incepting this idea of like, you're broken, you're nasty, you're gross. You all know the name Mark Driscoll, right? Yeah. Yeah. Before my Rob Bell days, this house was filled with mark driscoll stuff Uh, for people who don't know mark driscoll is because one of you guys give a better description than me of who he is go ahead mark driscoll uh was a reformed pastor uh based out of seattle he was part of the new reformation is what the like the times called it basically this new wave of of evangelical reformed theology like matt chandler was at the forefront mark driscoll was at the forefront um john piper who has always kind of been there was also part of it there's a bunch of folks like that so mark driscoll was kind of like a spearheading this new movement of like hyper masculine very reformed real men are reformed uh so that's kind of my experience with with yes and he had a video up i don't know if it still exists where he is his face is red from the anger He's pointing his finger into the audience and he's looking into the camera and he's saying, God hates you. God hates you. Like mad and serious, dude. And I would I would listen to this video and I was like, the wrath of God, you know? Like, <laughs> right, 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 like, right. This is just like, I got, if I'm not willing to say it like this, yeah. like I'm ashamed of Christ. Dude, wow. what? That's crazy. That yeah. was like, think about that. God hates you. Think about that. That's a and then, and I had Bible verses. Psalm 5.5. 5, God hates the evildoer. Right. That's Jacob me. I loved. Esau I hated. It says hated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is what the Bible says. That's right. why I tell people like, you can interpret the Bible right and, it, and what it's saying is still wrong. 
Mm. Like, can we just say that? No, so, we can't. But no, we can't. We, I hope we, one I day to. people can. Well, so my question is, so if I'm a person who goes, wait, the Bible. So for me, wait, the Bible says that God hated Esau. So w- what's the problem with that? He hates people. So to play devil's, so to play devil's advocate, right? So what is your response to someone who goes, it's right there in the text. So obviously he hates some, he can hate, obviously he hates us. What's your response to that when you hear that? Well, I don't know. That would be very contextual. Depends who I'm talking to and where they're coming from and what I discern they need in that moment. But there's a lot of different things you can say. I mean, for one, I like to talk about the fact that the scriptures don't just speak with one voice, but they speak Mm -hmm. with many different voices and not all of the voices harmonize or agree with one another. So I would probably... Contrary to evangelical belief. I would probably proceed if it was like a really nerdy theological person who's the only person who would ever have this conversation with me. I would probably proceed to show them all of the contradictions in the Bible that can then get them scratching their heads and be like, wait a second, I got to Google this. I don't know. Let me check the commentary because this doesn't compute what do you mean sure and then from there hopefully we can begin to talk about out of all these voices that you find in the pages of scripture which is the voice that you're going to put above them all and i would tell them this beautiful story about jesus with a few of his disciples going up to a mount a mountain and they have a vision of jesus elijah and moses and peter says hey should we build a tent for all three of these And a voice from heaven, God speaks out and says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. In other words, the voice of Jesus is the voice that we exalt above the love and the prophet, uh, the law and the prophets, which means, guess what? For me, Jesus said the most important thing is love. Yeah, yeah. And that informs everything. And that informs everything I do. And guess what? Even John Wesley said, however you interpret a passage of scripture, if you interpret it in a way that does not lead to love of God and love of neighbor, you're interpreting it wrong. Wow. Excuse me, that was Augustine. Okay. I'll let you go. That's and fine. then John <laughs> and then John Wesley said I gotta remember this. It cannot mean Yeah, whatever a passage of scripture means. Yeah. It cannot mean that God is not love. That's right. Thank that's you. and that's John Wesley. That's the sinners in the hand of an angry God. Yeah, so like I have all of that stuff stored up in sure. me just for the people who need that to actually yeah. believe me. Right. But I'm also at a point in my journey where I'm like, do I have to quote a Bible verse for <laughs> yeah. me to like know that this is true? Like can we but then I call myself again because then I don't want to get angry. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, of but I did deal with that anger for a yes. very, very, yes. very long time. And I recognize too, even beyond that, just to take this a little more personal, like I've realized now transitioning into my 30s that I have held a deep anger towards my life and towards religion because I feel like it robbed me of my youth and yes. I feel like I've missed out on stuff. Yes. Yo. Oh boy. So we, yes. I don't know how deep oh we want to get into just, this because that's been like self, like huge, like revelations for me so, that have impacted everything, but... Yeah. When pastors are telling you this, this is a guy who's still alive. This is 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Gays can get married. Marijuana's getting legal a lot of places. <laughs> we got an orange president. Yeah, got an orange. <laughs> we got an orange. We got a fruit for our president. The moment you take your first step through the gates of hell, the only things, only thing you will hear is all of creation standing to its feet and applauding and praising God because, wow. be, be, and praising God because God has rid the earth of you. That's oh how God. not good you are. That has to be Paul Washer. You, Ooh, that is, Danny knows his stuff. P-wash. That dude's alive now. I used to right? watch his YouTube videos so at night I. before so bed. Yes. Before bed. Yes. That's, how you, that's how you get some nightmares, yo. <laughs> that's worse than like watching like 
Saw I movies before though. bed, dude. I loved it, dude. Jeez. Yeah, well, no, for sure. I'll never forget. I was at uh, PBA, Palm Beach Atlantic University, working on my undergrad, and that's where I got like connected to some reform dudes who converted mm-hmm. me. Made me into like super staunch Calvinist. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, I remember he played in a tape recorder for me, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, yep. a sermon by Jonathan Edwards. And it was all about how God just takes so much pleasure in torturing humans like us who reject Jesus. Yeah. I w- would like to talk about this um, because I think it leads to kind of two different things. One, I come from, I grew up in church. uh uh, like my whole life grew up in church and then I was uh, a church planter for a lot of years like a lot of years and t- kind of what you're saying there is a part of me that feels like I gave the most creative the years that I could have been doing anything yeah. anywhere traveling anywhere yeah. going anywhere like a little, little voice in my head is like my band could have been on tour yeah, you know like yeah, little yeah, like yeah, stupid yeah. shit like that there's that feeling of like I gave so much of myself when I had a lot of energy and, you know, no I didn't have any kids at the time. You know, I didn't have to pay for a mortgage, right? right? So there is that feeling of, like, I flushed a lot of good years. And so there's a little bit of bitterness there. And I think maybe you could speak to this. I know you, you Link, I know you go to Heartway on, on the regular. I, like, still don't even have any desire. It's not a need. It's, I don't have any desire right. to go into a church. It's, it's almost like a, I have no problem with it. But it's yeah. almost like the same way I feel about like Panera. It's yeah. like, I'm not, yeah. I'll eat Panera. Dude, what's hilarious is I was having a little argument about this with my mom like a couple of days ago because I actually laugh. I have to stop doing this, but like there's people from church who they put such a guilt trip on themselves when they don't go to church yeah. <laughs> from like their youth of course, and of they course. come to me with it and I laugh at them. I'm like, dude, why do you feel like that? I'm like, don't come to church. It's okay. Like... It doesn't matter. I feel like, yeah. hey, I know I, I know, I haven't been like, here. Hey, I haven't been here. Yeah, I'm like, I don't care. Like, right. I mean, I care because I want to see you. And, yeah. like, I, I would love for everybody to come because I put a lot of love and energy into what I do. And I think it helps people and whatever. But if you don't come to church, like, there's not like, – it's not, it's not like the end of the world. It's not right. something bad or wrong. You don't have to feel guilty about it. But it's so ingrained in us. Right. And my mom was like – she was like, no, no. And my mom comes from the Catholic guilt. She's Catholic. Deep you know, she comes from it. But, you know, she's awesome, man. But we were just joking around about it. She's like, no, you know, I think it's good to feel that little bit of, you know, like if you miss church, you got to go and you have to be there. Otherwise, people just won't go. And they're like, and she's like, just don't. You can't say that on Sunday. I'm like, ah, it's a little too late. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I say that all the time. Yeah, I'm like, right. church is this. Church is now. Yeah. Church is like the whole thing is a temple, right? Yeah. As we've heard many say, every, the, uh, and that's the point. Like I can, I can do church on the beach. I can do church when I'm doing the dishes. I can, because the whole thing is. And, 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 and if it all flows down and the, the way you, you did an analogy one time was Jesus is at the pinnacle of everything and everything filters out and flows down from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, like that, that's what Jesus did. He did church or he did his ministry. If you want to use that term too, when he was living his life. Yeah. He didn't go, hey, stop talking to me. Right. Let's go talk in the temple. Right. Hey, not right now. Right. Let's go build a tent and then we'll have a holy place to no, worship. It was, it was like, just on the flight. It was on roads. Yes. It was in marketplaces. Yes. And he says, look, look at the lilies of the field. Look oh, at the yeah. birds of the air. Those, that's what, that was his sermon illustration. Mm-hmm. I heard this story about uh, Buddha. And one day Buddha went up to speak in front of like this really massive crowd of monks who were learning and studying. And... 
someone gave him this beautiful flower on the way up right before he sat on his chair. He was given this flower. He sat down and he was just looking at it, just staring at it. And five minutes passed by, 10 minutes passed by. Now people started mumbling. All the monks, they were like, wait, what's going on? Maybe because he always has so many good things to say, but he's not saying anything right now. So they were like, maybe he's just getting really old and his age is catching up to him. Then there were other monks that were like, wait a second, he must be trying to say something to us really profound. So let's figure out what the message is. And then they all started debating about what this profound message could be. And then Buddha looks to his left and he sees just one monk out of all of the ones who were there. One monk was just looking at him and smiled at him. And then he said, ah, you guys want to know? Just look at him. That's, that's what I'm trying to teach you. The whole point of that story is just look at the, look at the rose. Mm-hmm. Just, just look at the flower. Enjoy the flower. Mm. What are you talking about? What are, we, what, are we waste, what, are we, what are we talking so much about? Enjoy the beauty of the flower. We, we, we spend so much time up here in our heads. We stay disconnected from our heart. The yes. moment we connect to, to, to that love in here yes to that wholeness in here it just the whole world but there's so many years of you cannot up. follow your heart oh, and yeah. all your heart is, is and all the 90s sitcoms above. told me to do that <laughs> every disney film told me oh, to do yeah, it man so apparently either, either johnny tsunami did it the disney <laughs> movies he followed his heart hocus <laughs> pocus did it come on man halloween town give me disney movies all day I but agree. yeah it's it's very weird when i finally learning to, that it's okay for me to yeah. care about me. Yes. That it's okay for my wife to be in my house, yes. but in our bedroom by herself doing yoga. Yes. Because that's what she needs to do. Yes. That we don't need to be together all the time and meditating yes. on scripture in yes. our in our marital yes. bed, <laughs> holding each other accountable. Like, 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 dude, I like, feel I always feel so awkward when people are like, "Do you pray with your wife?" I'm like, "Heck, not so awkward, dude." I'm like, "Why would I do that?" I'm like, <laughs> it, 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 "The thing <laughs> is, me, who, who cares?" Right, yeah. but also, who cares? Why right. also? Why do you ask me? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because like I, when we were, at, we're, we're in, Link and I are in a band called the Anchor Collective, and for years since we've done this, we would like end every single band practice with prayer and then like before a gig we would like circle up and like pray it was like every single time like with and even like so we haven't been doing it on on purpose i don't i don't do it but there's like still that little voice where it's like well apparently uh the divine is not the center of your life right 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 how old are you gibbs 30 baby that's 30 years 30 of indoctrination dude. that you have to pray before anything important it's the happens. loyal soldier that's what kent dobson calls it the Ooh, loyal wow. soldier in you that's like that's that's right. no you got to come back to your roots like what are you doing you're not supposed to do that right you gotta that's be right. faithful it's like, careful i've never heard of that's be careful yeah, that's right. the loyal. Yeah, easy you should easy. read his book bitten by a camel it's really good that's yeah. very interesting. I'll Ken read Dobson he's great. Took over Rob Bell's church after uh-huh. Rob Bell left. Oh wow! He did an yeah. interview on the on the Pete Holmes podcast. Oh, That's very, cool. Yeah, awesome. very cool. Oh, and he he'd do a podcast with you guys in a heartbeat. He's easy to get. Well, we're about, we're at one hour and twenty two minutes, dude. This is this crazy. Is for, and this, this is, is episode sure. one, and is, we could yeah. go on really. Yeah, we could so, definitely because go the whole thing about the 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 feeling the church robbed you of your youth. That's a whole thing in itself, man. Oh my god! That I feel that so many people would like understand and feel that because I, I didn't I, I didn't even put that thought into words until you just said it same I'm the I, same that, way that's the thing like I I yeah I it I was able to finally put a name to it and that's mm-hmm. what allowed me to start healing yes. I love that I love that I love that so here's what I think we should do that's is great. I think we should uh, close with prayer 
And, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, dear, so, dear mother of God. <laughs> what I'd love to do is one, we yeah. need to for Actually, sure. Wait a second. I do yeah. want to end with a prayer. Oh, you do? This is a legit prayer. Okay. okay. Prayer of Meister Eckhart. And this is can be the prayer to end our po- the podcast. Are we ending it now, or do you no, want oh, to no, I had another segment. Yeah, well, that's fine. I just whatever. okay. Let's we we, we right. can pray the interview to end the, the segment if you'd like, or if you want to wait and then all right save. to end this segment, okay, I will okay, bless great. us let's with a prayer. That's I'm cool. Ready. I'm, I'm down. ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, this is the Go. Meister Eckhart prayer. I pray that God would rid me of God, and we can talk about that at a later time. Yes, yeah, please. we're that's, gonna re- we're gonna revisit that. I love that. Yes. We need to make sure that we have another talk before. Oh, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Within this season, season we're so up our own asses. Well, all the way up. <laughs> Feels Jeez. good. Feels good. <laughs> I, I I have another segment I'd like to talk about, uh, and this segment is called sip, smoke, read. Yes. Uh. Uh. Uh, uh, we don't have any music have any for that. Music. I was really we were trying we to do music, and I was hoping have, we so have lives. What we're gonna do is we're going to briefly just talk about what have you been drinking, what have you been consuming, watching, reading, and then you know let's just you know just so people can kind of get a taste for the kind of stuff that you're into. If you like, I can go first. Go ahead. So I have been into these things called espresso tonics. Are you oh. familiar with an espresso tonic? Does anybody, no. anyone give yeah, a shit? Yeah, you may want to give a shit. After you explain it, I'll okay. uh, tell you my opinion <laughs> okay. on it. Great. <laughs> so an espresso tonic is essentially a double shot of an espresso. Uh, and actually, it's better to have like a light, sort of natural, kind of fruity espresso. The one I gave you is like actually like a dark blend. And then what you do is you take like a really cold tonic, like a citrus tonic or like an elderflower tonic, which I have yet to be able to find. And then you use like a couple dashes of orange bitters. And so it's like this cold, fizzy, kind of like bubbly fruit flavor drink. And then you pour the espresso over top of it. And so like it's just sort of like this refreshing like coffee drink. I have been loving it in the afternoons. Josh Link, I made you one. And (sighs) my react, my, I'm like, I sipped it like, oh man, this tastes like a bowl of Chipotle food. (laughs) (laughs) Like it tasted like salsa, but I I drank the whole thing. It was good. What was going to happen is you're going to drink it and it's, it's almost like, Drinking beer, you're like, this is gross. And then one day you're gonna be like, I could freaking. But I think crush. I think it was the espresso. No, no, it was. You gotta try it. Maybe next the next one, maybe we'll pick it when it's not at night. Yeah, yeah, yes. it. So yes, you gotta do it with like a like a like a nice fruity like a Wells Ethiopia, which Wells is like a great roaster in Fort Lauderdale. I've been drinking sour beers. Shout out to Sharon Vitashnikova. She's one of my coworkers. She turned me on to sour beers. And I can't, they can't be a sour enough, bro. It's like yes. alcoholics, wow. like a warheads. Warhead. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And they're fruity. Right. Um, I've been, I finished Big Mouth on Netflix. Oh, it dude, is the I'm almost per- done with it. It is the perfect show about puberty, <laughs> but it's it animated and it's super inappropriate. And there's like little animated penises and oh, vaginas. Dude. And it's a little, it's um, John Mulaney, Nick Kroll, um, Jason Manzukis. uh, Maya Rudolph, all these, it's it's so good. So I finished that. I just got my wife into it, and then she got me into 90 Day Fiance. What is this? It is the shittiest show I've ever watched. <laughs> it's like McDonald's, bro. You just ah. keep eating it. It's it's um. So there's multiple ones. Are ready? So there's 90 Day Fiance. It's the original show. There's 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days. There's 90 Day Fiance the other way. The whole thing is based on I love you, and I have 90 days. We have 90 days to get married, so I can get my visa. But Shut the one up. I'm addicted to is 90 Days the Other Way, where the American goes to the other person's country. Oh, wow. Lady from L.A. flies to India. 
She's been chatting with this dude on Facebook for seven years, sells everything she has in LA, moves to India because in 90 days she's going to get married. He puts her up in an apartment and is really fishy about her not leaving at night. She's very white and he's a very dark Indian man. She can't go out by herself. He leaves at odd times, has to go to his air quotes parents' house all the time. Homeboy's married. Uh, Spoiler alert. He's married. His father-in-law shows up at his apartment where she's staying, pulls him out, brings his... Oh, my gosh. Whoa. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home and watch it again. So, yeah. <laughs> what is this called again? 90 Day Fiance. What Don't start on? watching it. What is this on? TLC. Oh, dude. It's so trashy. Animal, but it's just... What did you say? It's all drama. It's so good. It's, 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 so, it's so ridiculous. It's like, it's like the modern day Jerry Springer or just <laughs> the stupid amazing, shitty show. Dude. Yeah, that's what I've, I've been um, I've been watching a lot of comics... Ooh, who? Uh, Joe Rogan. Okay. Yeah. Joe Coy. Joe Coy's great. That's my peeps. That's um, my people. I like this uh, Spanish guy who's kind of big. Gabriel Iglesias? Yes. Fluffy? Yes. yes. Fluffy. Yes. Um, I wasn't sure if you're talking about big physically or like big as far as oh, his persona no. and fame. Oh, well. Both. Probably both. Yeah. 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 Dave Chappelle. Did I say that? See the Dude, new one? Yeah, the new one. Yeah. The new one. <sighs> What do you we'll, think about we'll, it? We'll get him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just an email. It's just so, yeah, me at Dave Chappelle. He, he's, he's at a, he lives in Ohio somewhere. And then I've been actually this this show is amazing on Hulu. It's called Broad City. The, it, it, it's the two girls, it. right? Yes, I, I've, I've heard this show. Yes. It's hilarious. I love it, dude. Okay, There's it's so funny. Yeah. And one of the girls is gonna be at the Improv in Miami in November. So no. I'm like, I told Emily, we're we're balling on a budget right now. So <laughs> we're trying to save up, and I'm like, we're getting tickets to this, and we're getting That's like sick. five drinks that night. Yeah. Because she's gonna be so great, and I've been watching Pete Holmes's show, Crashing on HBO, Crashing. Oh, yeah. it's incredible, and it's, it's and unfortunately. It's yeah, it's discontinued. It's discontinued, right? but yeah, it's yeah. incredible. It's so but, beautiful yeah. and heartbreaking. Have know, you have I you know. listened to after you watch the show? Then read his memoir if you haven't yet. I know I haven't. Love watch the, watch God, the show. Right? Yes, comedy uh, sex God. Comedy sex yes. God. So watch and the then, show and then, and then because it's almost okay. like the perfect epilogue. Okay, perfect to the show. It's so yeah, yeah, and it's also, it's been helpful for me too, just as I try and always sharpen my craft as a communicator to learn from these people who really do it the best. But his story is like. I was shocked because I was just attracted to him because it was comedy. He's just funny, right? Yeah. But his story mirrors mine. So, like, grew oh up in the church, gosh, went yes. to summer camp, yeah. like, waited till marriage, yeah. uh, like, Christian college, all the, like, oh. in this overwhelming guilt that God hates him constantly. Yeah. Like, dude, this is so, <laughs> this is so weird. He married the no. first girl that gave him a blowjob. The girl yes. that gave him his first oh, blowjob. Yes. He's like, well, yeah, she I guess you're not home and you crazy. Got Listen, yeah, it's great. I don't even, I don't want to make this podcast two and a half hours, yeah. but yes, I have stories about this. Let's do on the next one. Yeah. For sure, Gosh. we're definitely gonna have Danny back. Is yeah, the, we have to. It's, it's gonna just, happen. This yeah. is too good not yeah, to yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you have any sort of uh, ending sign off? Uh, things to plug, things to talk about. Obviously, it's gonna be a while before we release this. So, sort of like yeah. big picture things that are coming. No, I don't have much. I, I preach sermons every Sunday. So if you wanna, hear we're at. What I'm saying at Heartway. So, just just Heartway. Yeah. Oh boy. I know. It's, I'm not doing. Uh, I'm just kind of just. just Keep sticking, sticking. And God to doesn't bust anything but a church. Right? <laughs> so, well, hey, if anybody invites me to go anywhere, I'll go and talk. <laughs> That's it. I do different podcasts sometimes, but no, heartwaychurch.com. Our podcast is on uh, iTunes and Podbean, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram and the Twitter. Perfect. If anybody wants to ever chat or talk, did you have anything that you wanted to mention? No, Maybe. man, that was great. I just, I just, 
it's an hour and 30 minutes and I w- don't even listen to hour and 30 minute podcasts, but it's so good. There's so much stuff to talk about, right? Yeah. I think people would listen to this. I agree. Yeah. I hope so. That's why we're making it. If right? not, who cares? I hate <laughs> myself because God hates me. <laughs> I, I hate myself. Uh, if you guys would humor me, I'd like to do a tandem sign off and oh. I want the sign off to What's say. What's tandem mean? Same time? We're all going to do it at the same time. Okay. So the tandem sign off is going to be, it's all going to be okay. That's what we're gonna try this we're time. We're not right? singing it, are we? I'll, I'll, I'll no. lead. I'll lead it up, and then we all just we all just knock it out of the park. It's all gonna be all right, okay. Here we Ready? Go. Everybody, I want to thank you for listening to episode one of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast, and remember, it's, it's all gonna, gonna be okay. The intro music was written by the Broad Generalizations, and this episode was sponsored by Surge Soda. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dirty Rotten Church Kids. We apologize for the mental picture of millions of older people being raptured to heaven while completely naked. May your hats fly as high as your dreams. <laughs>